um, while he's doing that, uh, we are happy to be back. We are glad to be back. Um, we enjoyed ourselves, but uh, we still remember the family back here, which is you all. And uh, people sent greetings. So many people sent greetings. It's, it's just know that part of the bride in Kenya sent greetings. There's so many of them, and they love you all. Amen. Um, we're going to sing a song, it's sort of a repetitive melody. We um, want you all to join in. It's also a congregational. It's also a congregational song. Um, you'll, you'll be able to. It goes like this. Um, there is singing today in the house of the Lord. And then you repeat after me. There is singing today in the house of the Lord. There is singing today in the house of the Lord. There is singing today in the house of the Lord. There is praising today in the house of the Lord. There is praising today in the house of the Lord. There is praising today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. There is healing today in the house of my Father. There is healing today. In the house of the Lord, there is healing today. In the house of the Lord, hallelujah today. In the house of the Lord, there's salvation today. In the house of the Lord, there's salvation today. In the house of the Lord, there's salvation today. In the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. There is victory today in the house of the Lord. There is victory today in the house of the Lord. There is victory today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. There's deliverance today in the house of the Lord. There's deliverance today in the house of the Lord. There's deliverance today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. There's redemption today in the house of the Lord. Redemption today in the house of the Lord. There's redemption today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. There is joy today in the house of the Lord. There is joy today in the house of the Lord. There is joy today. In the house of the Lord, hallelujah today, in the house of the Lord. There is praying today, in the house of the Lord. There is praying 
again today in the house of the Lord. There is praying today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Lord. Oh, there is worship today in the house of the Lord. There is worship today in the house of the Lord. There is worship today in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah today in the house of the Let's all stand. We'll change over the service this evening. That's pretty much what we are to do in service. Amen? Amen. All those named and listed. Glory. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you Open the eyes of my heart, Lord Open the eyes of my heart I want to see you I want to see you see God. You don't want to see. You've seen the stink of the world for the last couple of days. You want to see the Lord. And I was just thinking back to that a minute ago. You you get out of this what you want. This whole journey. You get out of it what you want. If you think it's the boringest thing in the world, that's what you'll get out of it. <clears throat> if you think the Lord's not here, then for you, he's not. But when we come with a joy in our heart that we, we're, we're here to fellowship, number one, with the Lord. And let him speak to us um, for just a little while. And get something to to keep us nourished between now and, and, and Sunday. Right? So we um, 
I enjoy midweek services. I really do. I I don't uh, I don't know if we would ever do without one because I I really enjoy them. So <clears throat> let's turn in your Bibles to John one one. Way of announcements. Remember tomorrow June and I'll be leaving. We're going to Rutherfordton for the um, camp meeting uh, tomorrow and Friday. We'll be back Saturday morning sometime with Brother Keith and Sister Francine. They'll be going coming back with us and staying for a few days. He'll be speaking for us on Sunday. But now Saturday from 5 to 6, we'll have a prayer meeting here at the church um, for the meetings coming up with Brother Keith the next day and also for Brother Jason Jackson the next weekend. Then from 6 to 8, we'll have questions and answers. Bring your questions. I already have a few that we can go over, and we will discuss those from 6 to 8. Also, Sunday, we'll have communion, and then after the second service, after communion, we'll have an anniversary uh, cake and ice cream for our brother and sister Dale. It'll be 65 years Monday, all right? So just remember that. Remember uh, them as they get stronger, uh, and and we pray that uh, that they'll be able to get here on Sunday so we can enjoy their presence. Just um, Just bear with us. I want to say something just for a minute, just from the family. Uh, we know Brother Dale's been in your family for a long time, too, but he's my dad, and, and she's my mom, Terrence, too, and Anna also. So if we don't immediately call you back, don't get offended. We're doing something. I'll promise you, we're not shooting fireworks and making ice cream. Okay? We're doing something. Something's going on all the time. Uh, we're having to stay there 24-7. Um and a lot of different situations going on, so just be um, mindful of that. And if and and we'll try to post as much as we can on WhatsApp. But if we don't call you back, don't get offended, because there there's there's doctors' visits and and mom has doctors' visits, and we all have life. So just bear with us. Uh, we we do not want to do away with our church family. That's for sure. But it is a private family thing when it becomes my dad and my mom. So just respect that for a little for a little bit, and we'll just pray that God will strengthen them and bring them back here. That's what I'm praying. I, I'm praying. That's what I'm. I pray every night that. All right. So we need to pray. Even you little kids, you pray. Amen. We, you get something from God, He'll hear from you. May He not even hear from us, but He may hear from your little sweet little prayer to be able to see Poppy again. All right, in the church, and we sure do pray for that. They're watching in tonight, and um, just keep them in prayer. That's all we can do, all right, and um, just remember them. Also, next Saturday, Brother Jason Jackson will be here at 6 o'clock. Um, we're going to have, since it starts at 6, and we'll get finished about 8, we're going to have finger food again like we did the other day with, I can't remember who it was. But we'll get the chicken tenders, and then y'all bring something, just a finger finger dish or something. Uh, what did we do last time? Just a f- fruit bowl. We did some vegetables. If you want to bring a, um, um, something in a crock pot, <clears throat> a cheese and, cheese and dip, just something like that. And we'll go get the chicken tenders from uh, Chick-fil-A. That way we don't have to go somewhere at 8 o'clock at night and try to find a place for everybody to eat. We'll just stay here in fellowship because we really had a good time Sunday. We went to Brother Luke Gibson's after we left here and had a wonderful time. We met a bunch of brothers there 
uh, and sisters we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Brother Mike Hantis said they're coming. Brother Luke Gibson's coming. And uh, several others are coming on that Saturday. So, and, Oh, and Brother Dutch Scott, he's bringing several with him, and they're going to be here that Saturday night when Brother Jackson's here. So <clears throat> just remember that, and we'll be praying for that. Also be praying for it when we <clears throat> have our prayer meeting this coming Saturday. So just remember that, and we'll only have one service on Sunday, no food. You Just one service on Sunday, and um, let Brother Jason and Sister Joy get back home uh, in Arkansas. But let's pull on God, the gift that God gave our brother, and we missed him for a long time, hadn't seen him. We did watch night service here about 11 years ago, so uh, it's been a while. So uh, we sure appreciate Brother Jason and Sister Joy. So that's actually where uh, uh, Jesse and... and um, Chris, well, she grew up in the church. So it was good to see your mom and dad again, too. It's good to see Anita and, and Michael. So, uh, and I, they're coming. So, so we'll have a church full Saturday night. So let's just remember that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for the night. We pray that you'd be with us. Lord, just settle our weary soul, Father, of all the different things that, Lord, we're having to, to worry with in life, Lord, and just for a few minutes. Just for a few minutes, as the priest would take the blood back into the Holy of Holies, and and when that curtain would drop, it'd be dead silent. It would just be you and the priest. Well, Father, I pray that today, Lord, we drop the curtain behind us of the world and the things and the thoughts and the ideas and the and the um, things that we have to do in our job. And just for a few moments, Lord, let let us listen to you, Father. We ask you to be the ones that are sick, be the ones that are not with us. We, Lord, we pray for Sister Frieda and the different ones, Lord, the ones that are going for tests. Um, Dad's going for tests, I think, Monday or so, and then my test is going to be on the 25th of August. I pray, Lord, that you would just be with the hand of the surgeon and the different things and, and the technicians, and we pray that you everything would be just fine for your honor and glory. Just bless us now, Lord, and further in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, where it was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I know y'all can't see that. Sorry about that. I missed a step. Y'all can go ahead and be seated. Sorry about that. I was thinking about other stuff. And, but what? you just hang on a minute. Technology. Technology, okay? Look. All right. Now. That better? Okay. Hmm. John 3, verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said, and that's kind of what we're going to speak on tonight is the new birth. Because it is one of the most ill-taught subjects. I believe if you took and, and, and maybe went to a, a restaurant and, and just walked up to a table and says, are you a Christian? If they say yes, they say, well, what do you, what, how do you get, how did you get saved? You'll get a lot of different ideas and opinions, and and you'll get a lot of well, I did this and I did that, and I started going to church, or I cried, or I or I shook a pastor's hand, and I I moved my letter into the Baptist church, and I did this in the Methodist church, and I was baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and you'll get all these different ideas, but there's got to be one truth. When Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. One one birth. All right? Now, remember, your first birth is your problem. All right? 
And without the second birth, your first birth is going to be your problem still. All right? But after you get born here to be a flesh person, and we'll talk about that in a minute, Jesus tells Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see or understand the kingdom of God. And that's our problem. Maybe in the message, I I just happened to, uh, I don't think I'll ever do that again, but I got on YouTube and, and the Believe the Sign people were on. And I kind of clicked on it. Don't even waste your time. Don't even waste your time. Amen. I mean, unless you believe, unless you believe whatever sign they believe, I'd change my name if I believe the sign. I don't know what kind of sign they believe in, but I know one thing's for sure: they really are ridiculing Brother Branham and call him all kind of false and a liar, and all these different things. So, and they're trying to save people from the message. Well, thank God he saved me from that. Amen. Amen. Thank God he saved me from that. And gave me an understanding. I mean, they're playing clips of Brother Donnie and different ones and Brother Tim Pruitt and all, you know, saying what they say about the the whole thing. But I just want to ask them one thing. If Brother Branham was not the messenger of Malachi 4, God's got to send us one. Because he said in the Bible, he had to send us one before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. They can't take out Malachi 4. They say stay with the Bible. Well, let's stay with the Bible. Malachi 4 says God's going to send us a prophet that would turn us around from where we were. Well, if he don't send them, then God's a liar. Right? But God's already sent him. We know that. But they must be looking for something else. But what they need is, is they need for Jesus to say, Verily verily I say unto you, except you be born of water and spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Or in other words, you can't understand the kingdom of God. And, and, And what gets me is, is, is the whole time the, the, the brother was talking, he was talking about the Holy Spirit told me this and the Holy Spirit told me that. His Holy Spirit's got to be different from mine because it ain't telling me the same thing it was telling him. One of us is wrong. All right? But I'll I'll hang my soul on what I'm seeing here. All right? I, I'm, I'm sold out. But just don't even worry about that believe the sign bunch. Let me just put it this way. Their folly or ours will be made manifest, so don't worry. When we come to the end of the road, one of us is going to be false and the other one is going to be true. All right? So I'm not going to sit here and, and, and preach sermon after sermon of why Brother Brown, we think he was a prophet. If you don't know that by now, then you're going to be deceived. You really are going to be deceived. All right? Because remember, it would almost deceive the very elect. The Bible says if it were possible... It would get so close to where it would confuse her. And that's what's happening now. There's a lot of confusion in the message, number one, about the new birth. They say, some say that it's this, and some say, even in the message, that it's that. And some say that you that you just realize, and it's kind of like a light switch. You know, you're, you always had the power. You just turn the light switch on, and you start believing the message. Well, that's I don't believe that. I'll tell you where Brother Brown talks about that here in just a minute. And I really appreciate this one quote that God gave me uh, yesterday to put in here. And marvel not that I said unto you. Now, look, he told Nicodemus. Nicodemus is probably going. He said, marvel not, Nicodemus. You know, the whole dissertation was you're the teacher. You're the number one guy. Uh, and even Nicodemus said, we know you're a teacher sent from God. Well, then when he tells, then when the teacher that's sent from God tells him Nicodemus what to do, it's kind of like us. Lord, 
what can we do? What can we do? Well, do the A, B, and C, and you don't do one of them. And you wonder why God didn't do something for you. Well, do A, B, C. Always believe Christ. But marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Brother Brown says, and you must be born again. says, God bless his word. Now, I want to take the subject this morning of Jesus' first doctrine. The first doctrine of Jesus was, you must be born again. That was his first doctrine. He's talking about Sunday school, and he says, look, so I have thought in my heart that this is something that seems puzzling. To the people, we hear so much about it all the time. I thought it would be good this morning if we could search the subject, clear it out. And that's the first beginning, you must be born again, and it's a very deep one. And we find out that there are so many different meanings that people put to it. Nearly all churches say you must be born again, but each one has their different interpretation to that, what it means to be born again. And, and you know, you, you say, well, I know I'm born again because of X, Y, Z. I know I'm born again. And everybody's got their place they put that, you know, I was born again because. All right. But we know, according to what we see in this church, that we know that we have to go through justification. We have to go through sanctification. And then we go to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is an inward filling. It's not an anointing. And we got to know the difference. All right, because the anointing can look and feel like the true Holy Ghost and can be the true Holy Ghost. But you can be deceived in your soul and not let him in. Isn't that what anointed ones is? Brother Brown said you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost every day in your life on your spirit, on your second realm, and die and go to hell. Because your soul, and we'll read it here just a minute, that's that same group that comes up and says, Have I not? 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 Cast out devils. Have I not preached your message? Have I not done this? Have I not done that? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. In other words, never had an intimate relationship with you. Now, Brother Brown said, look, there must be and is a truth somewhere. So now remember, it didn't say you ought to be born again. It says you must be born again. Not you ought to. You must be born again. Now watch. No matter how much that we try to think we're right in saying a creed or joining a church or saying we always was eternal. You're still what you were until you're actually born again of the Spirit of God. So what changes you? The actual new birth is what changes you. All right? <clears throat> it doesn't change you. What's he saying? It doesn't. I didn't say even say the new birth. He's saying all that creed and stuff. That don't change you. Your creed, joining church, change your idea, or your good intentions. Although as good as it may seem, it's still not right. There's something got to happen. The new birth is an experience. All right? Every one of you sisters that have had children, like I said Sunday, you were there when it happened. And and unless you were just not silly, you knew what was going on when it was going on, when the birth was happening. All right? So it was an experience. It was something you went through, water, blood, and spirit. Just like the new birth, water, blood, and spirit. So the new birth is an experience, something that takes place. So it is not that that brings the new birth, which is what? The creeds. That's not what brings the new birth. Uh, different churches say, well, you accept this or believe that. That's all right, but it isn't. And that's what people now, they, if you believe the message, you've got to be born again. No, the devil believes it more than you do because he studies it more than you do. Then people that believe the sign, I believe they study the message more than we do. They have their little quotes and little things and all those stuff. They say, Brother Brown, this and Brother Brown, that. Ah, they can study all they want to. Now, to begin with, to base back, the reason we have to be born again is because the Bible teaches us that we were all born in sin. Shapened 
and iniquity and come to this world a cute little liar. Then that shows us that our nature to begin with is sinful to start with. We're no good to begin with, so we cannot claim anything by our shrewdness. That's why I said we, if we boast that we're in the message and, and we were always was this eternal group and we always this and always that, where's this? Where's this? Our nature is sinful to begin with. All right? And God will not dwell in an unclean vessel. So there's not God in there and the devil there at the same time. It's one or the other, not both. All right? Everybody with me? All right? So we cannot claim anything by our shrewdness, our sincerity, how great we are, how little we are, or whatever more. We're all together wrong to begin with. Boy, that puts us all on a level playing field, Brother George. It just makes no big eyes, no little use. Everybody's the same. You all got to be born again to be the bride. Everybody with me? To be the bride, you have to be born of the Spirit of God. The old nature burned out, the new nature put in. A new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are all together wrong to begin with, and there is nothing that we can do about it. You had nothing to do to get you here. But now when you got here and you come to the age of accountability, you then have something to do with it. All right? So we come here and we see that Joel 2 says it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are prophesying. Your old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. And you know what this is doing? This is this is broadening uh, the brush that God has, uh, has the, the stroke that God has given to the world. He's given everybody a chance. He threw it out there. Now listen, we do... We do preach an exclusive gospel. All right, hang on. We do, because God said separate. All right, God said separate yourself. That was what Israel's problem. They didn't separate themselves. But God says you separate yourself. And then when he, God sent us a prophet, thank God one day he told Brother Branham, and through prophecy, he said, now I call you bride. Well, see, that separated us from the church. Because the church is going to go through the tribulation, but the bride will not go through the tribulation. Why? Because the bride is born again of the Spirit of God in their soul, and they're a new creation, a new creature. But he's still going to pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. There are people that are going to, going to receive the Holy Ghost as an anointing. Foolish virgin will, will keep that on them for a, a period of time, but... I'll read it to you in a minute where Brother Brown comes and says it comes down to one thing. And that's the word. It comes down to the word. It's nothing else but the word of God being preached in its truth and in its entirety. All right? Because listen, listen, the Baptists have truth, but they don't have truth in its entirety. The Methodists have truth, but they don't have truth in its entirety. And if you don't grow up in God and you're just still a little baby with the Holy Ghost and you're still having uh, um, diaper issues or feeding issues or eating issues, there's something wrong with you. you got to grow up. You're supposed to grow up. God wants us to grow up. Listen, he requires that we grow up. All right? If he requires we grow up, though, he has to give us the simplest way to do that ever. 
We make it hard. He doesn't. We make it hard to grow. Hebrews 9, verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, it's talking about the priest going back into the tabernacle. Now, watch. But into the second went the high priest alone. So he went into the Holy of Holies with the blood, which he offered for himself and for the people. Verse 8 says, And the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as yet the first tabernacle was yet standing. In other words, while the law was in effect, there was no new birth. All right? And, and, and that's a revelation that a lot of people in the message don't have, that there was no new birth until the day of Pentecost. Now, there was fillings. There was anointings. There was things that came on. John the Baptist got the Holy Ghost, but he didn't get the new birth. I mean, the Bible even tells us in the book of John, it says the Holy Ghost was not given because Jesus had not been glorified. In other words, he had not died yet. He had to die to release that life. That's why, he was, that's why Nicodemus really couldn't understand because there stood Jesus with every bit of that inside of him. And that shield of flesh is what shielded him from the priest knowing who he was. You, a man, making yourself God. No, he was God making himself a man. But they couldn't understand that. So while the first tabernacle was standing, there was an ordinance that a priest went behind the veil with the blood for every person in Israel, and those who accepted it were free for another year. But remember, it didn't make the comer there unto perfect. It only pushed his sin to the next year. I know it's elementary, but we've got to get to somewhere, and there's a lot of young people here that need to know that they need to be born again. All right? <clears throat> We're going to have a lot of problems, but if you'll get born again, I'll promise you it'll help you get through them. So, see, that's what gives me uh, a confidence because in the Old Testament, if you were a child and you went to school, you had to go to a high priest or you had to depend on a high priest to go sacrifice something for you. But now you have something to do with it, children. You come to the throne of grace. You come up here bowling as we did Sunday and we prayed the prayer of faith that everybody was going to be covered. Everybody was going to be, they're going to get the best grades this year, I believe, than they ever got before. If they'll just let the Lord do it. Okay? I believe that. So in the Old Testament, is always a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. So pertaining to the conscious. And then we continue on. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. What was it? He's talking about his body. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Where? Calvary. He went to Calvary, and then he died, and they put him in a tomb. And he, when he come out of that tomb, that was a perfect Tabernacle. That's exactly. I come from God, I go to God. All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. He come to a position. Listen, he didn't say that any time during his life. He could steal the water. He could steal the storm. He could make water into wine. He could do a lot of those things, but he never stood and said, All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Because he had to die first. He had to die to release that life so that we can have a Savior that died. A God that died for
for me. And resurrected and then was able to not just go somewhere and sit down under a tree and say, okay, I got it and you're not getting any. No, he died for me and you. That's why I love Brother Brown. He said, never forget Calvary. I don't care if you can preach the seals, the plagues, the vials, Daniel 70 weeks, which we have and covered over and over. But if you ever forget where you came from, if you ever forget Calvary, you're in trouble. You forgot it the first place. You need to go back. All right. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained, look, he obtained eternal redemption for us. Remember the quote that always stumbles people in adoption series? Brother Brown said, Jesus didn't come to bring you an inheritance. Your inheritance was before the foundation of the world. It was Genesis 1.26. That was your inheritance. He brought you a way back to get to that inheritance. Because remember, he said, your inheritance was first. It was barred. There was no way it could happen anymore. That Genesis one twenty six and 27 man was bottled up in Jesus Christ. And there was no way to get out until the testator died. All right? Because remember, the testament is not in force. And we'll read it right here. <clears throat> and for this cause, he is a mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, which are called they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. All right? I like eternal inheritance. There's inheritances that come down here on the earth that's very temporal. Even gifts are temporal. Amen? For what a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it has no strength. It has no strength while the man's standing there. But when that man dies and goes away, but the promise for him to come back, it wasn't that the lamb died and you never saw the lamb anymore because that lamb's soul never or spirit never could come back on you, into you and change you, make you different. That's why Moses and all the different ones had power. They had an anointing without the Holy Ghost, without the character of the Holy Ghost, and they did what they did. And as Brother Bob was talking about Sunday, and and many, many times we went through this, but there was a promise given. In Genesis 3.15, he said, I'll put enmity. In other words, he said, you're going to have children. You're going to be sorrowful. You're going to have to live under your husband, talking about the wife. You're going to bring children in sorrow. And, man, you're going to have to dig the ground by the sweat of your brow. And from ashes you came from or dust you came from, from dust you're going back. If he'd have left it at that, we'd have no hope. But he didn't. He said, but I will put enmity. I'll put enmity between the seed of the woman and your seed. In other words, I'm coming back as the seed of the woman. That's the promise I'm going to bring you. Even the promise of Joel that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh was not that he was going to put the Holy Ghost in every person. But it was available for every person to have if they wanted it. All right, everybody with me on that? All right. That wasn't the promise. There was a promise everybody was going to get an opportunity, but the promise was not that every person that just breathes a breath of life is going to get the Holy Ghost. Amen? So there is a special group of people. There is a special group of people that's going to get the new birth. Look, God, God having provided some better thing for us. Now, wait a minute. He provided some pretty good stuff in that Old Testament. 
He provided all these different prophets to prophesy and do great mighty wonders and part a sea and, and, and live in a whale and do all these different things and, and come out on the end of a flood. That's pretty powerful. But God said he provided something better for me and you. Which was what? That we could walk around on this earth with the Holy Ghost in our soul. And be moved and directed by that Holy Ghost, not just an anointing come on us and then we're just, uh, you know, a rank center after that. No. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. So somewhere they are not complete. Whatever you want to think, that's your business. I'm just going to tell you. I don't think they got a glorified body because to me that's the epitome. That's the apex. When we come to the headstone and we are changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, we have reached that full promise. And we're bringing a whole group with us. We're bringing ages with us. Ages of people that have waited. The prophets, even Jesus stood and he said, all these prophets, they yearned to see this day, and they didn't. But you're looking at it. Well, guess what? Is Jesus Christ not back again? Then you're looking at it. You're looking at the day he talked about, the day of the Lord. Then Acts 2.38 tells us, number one you got to do is repent, and then be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise. What? The promise of the Holy Ghost in your soul isn't to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, and He's still calling. He's still calling. He's still calling people to repentance to give them that promise. All right? Because somebody's going to be kings and priests, because that's what the Bible said. All right? Blasphemous names, Brother Brown said, Look, now I believe. It's the reason there's so much confusion today about the Holy Spirit that's not correctly taught. I believe if the baptism is taught, just say the baptism. Well, see, that would be just like said automobile, you know, but there's plenty of them. There's a lot of different ones. There's different parts that go in that automobile, all right? Same thing, and they work different. But the Holy Ghost said, look, now when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot goes with that. So it's not just God dumping on you. It's you got to go through justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, and sanctification, we'll get to it in a minute. You know, we talk about the unclean spirit going out. We talk about, uh, I didn't find that quote, but I need to find it where Brother Brown says, says that um, your name goes on the book at sanctification as a believer. All right, so you start, because in justification, what are you doing? You're believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he saves you, and that's about it. That's just it. You're at you're a place where, God, you forgive me, but I'm still wandering around here because, remember, that same spirit hadn't even left the house yet. In Luke, it's left the house. In sanctification. In justification, it's still there tormenting you every day. That's the tough. That's a tough part to get over. All right? But if you'll let God do it, it'll be an easy part. And when you talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot goes with that. Huh? See? There's a lot goes with that. And here is what I think that God is proving is that the Holy Spirit is here. That's what I said. We, we've got to come to a conclusion somewhere that the Holy Ghost inside of me and you are, are, is right. And everything else is wrong. 
See, because they're coming to the conclusion on the belief of some people that the Holy Ghost is in them, and that's what's correct, and everybody else is wrong. Well, there's got to be something somewhere. As Brother Brown said, there's got to be an absolute. So if, the, if, if we need to look for another absolute, please, Lord, we've wasted 60-something years by listening to tapes and books and, 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 and preaching this message if, you, if, they, if it's what they say, that Brother Brown was a liar and he, you don't, you know, I mean, come on. How could a man stand that had been to hell twice? He stands one day and he says, I'll be held accountable if I'm lying to you. I mean, how could a man stand there that you can't deny? That's what I want to tell him one day. I really don't. Somebody's tried to, you know, talk to him, but there's really no sense in trying to talk to him. Only God can help him. But. But you see, there had to be something supernatural in Brother Brown's life. He couldn't go through 50-something years and keep all this lined up and, and, and be able to look in another dimension and go into and tell the truth. At least they, listen, at least he did tell the truth when he was in another dimension. When, when he was talking to somebody and said, you're from so-and-so, and you, they can't deny that. They can't, right? So he has been in another region that me and you have not been in, and they have not been in. He was in a place, and he saw death. He saw hell. He saw those hideous things. Why in the world would he stand in the pulpit knowing that's where he's going if he's trying to lie to people? I I just don't get it. So let's continue on. Everybody all right? Brother Ram said things that are to be. He said, now the only way that you can be a son and daughter of God. Now look, you have to have eternal life. Now here's a quote. I want to bring you this one, and then I'll bring you another one. Because... Some read this in the message that you come here with eternal life. Now, that's a belief. Now, Brother Bob, he knows for a fact I've sat and talked to him. So has he. So it's not, a, it's not hearsay. They literally believe that you came here with some kind of form, seed, spot, dot of eternal life in your soul somewhere. Right? Brother Aaron has too. We've all, we've all met them because it's prevalent in the message. Because they take these quotes and they twist them around. But I want you to listen to this. Now, the only way that you can be... Now, watch. Why didn't he say, well, you already a son and daughter of God? He starts out right here telling you that the only way you can be a son and daughter of God because you have to, you have, to have eternal life. And there's only one form of eternal life, and that's God's life. Only one form of eternal life, that was God. There, to be a son of God, you had to be in him always. Not a doubt. That Genesis 126 man did not develop over time. It was in eternity with God. But it was in the mind of God. It was not a little seed running around in his loins like we do as men to have children. Everybody with me on that? It's not a little dot or a little spot. It's by predestination, by him seeing, by foreknowledge that you would come here and want it. And he had it for you. Now look, watch. To be a son of God, you had to be in him always. In him. Not him in you. Praise God. We wouldn't need salvation if he was always in us. If we came here with us in him, he did. But we didn't come here with him in us. We come here with a potential. We come here with... With, um, as Brother Brown said, the woman at the well, she had representation. 
In other words, when God stood out there in Genesis 1.26 and he's let us make man our own image, there was a group of people that was, that was formulated in his mind, called your name and my name. There was no place that it began, though. If you had a beginning in that part, you are dead. Because Adolf Hitler had a part in that. He was in the thoughts of God, but not the eternal section. That Genesis one twenty six man is the eternal section of the book of life. Right? It's not just the book of life, not the whole book. It's a section of the book. Now watch. The gene of your life. Now watch. The gene of your life that you're sitting in today came from your parents. Y'all can say amen anytime you want to. Okay. The gene of your life that I'm looking at came from an act between your father and your mother. There was this released and that came down. and Right? And then God give you a soul. Right? And as we read the quote before, you were born lost. You were born in a way that God never intended for you to be born. Right? Born in sin, shaped in iniquity. I read all that. But now look, the gene of your life, comma, spiritual life. Now we move it over. It's not what mom and daddy brought. It's not that genetics that God's ta- that brother around talking about. Now watch. The gene of your life, spiritual life tonight, was in God. So he separated it himself from the genetics you have now to the gene seed that you were before the foundation of the world. Everybody with me? Okay? I want you to get this because you will hear this. I'll probably hear it this weekend, sadly. The gene of your life, your spiritual life. Now, that's your spiritual life. Tonight was in God, the Father, before there was even a molecule. Now, listen. Your stinking body was not. There's a separation. He's talking about the gene seed of your eternal part that was in the mind of God, the Genesis one twenty six man. All right? Was in God the Father before there was even a molecule. See? Look. And you are nothing but the manifestation of the gene life that was in God as a son of God. Now look. And you're expressed. Look. After. After his word come in you. Now, if you always had it, why was there an after? Huh? Uh, we believe Brother Brown was a prophet, right? We believe all the quotes. Every one of them. we got to take them all. They, you know, you can take certain over here and make your doctrine correct, but you got to take every one of them. That's what I've always liked about Brother Dale. He would take every quote that seemed contrary and every quote that was, that was uh, we believe in this, but no, I don't know about this. But he'd take both of them and put them right together. That's what we told him at the meeting one time, you know, about Daniel 70 weeks. We said, look, we can take both, all these quotes and put them together. You have to totally deny this whole book over here. To make your doctrine right. Most of y'all, some of y'all were there. You have to deny these quotes. How can you deny a quote? That's like denying the Bible. 
Look, you are expressing, no, I'm sorry, after his word has come in you to light up this age. You are expressing God's life in you. Now, listen, you were not expressing God's life when you were a sinner. I'm not even going to ask you, did you? I'm going to tell you, you didn't. But there was representation in God, not in you. You are expressing God's life in you. Now look, he's saying now, after the words come in you, you are expressing God's life in you because you are a son and daughter of God. Therefore, you get what I mean. Congregation says amen. I doubt that. A lot of them teach what they teach. You are in. Now look. You are now made. You're sitting in this church tonight because your duty is to express God to this nation and this people and this neighborhood where you associate. Watch. Wherever you are, God knew by foreknowledge. God knew that you would be here because you have to be one of his genes or his attributes. Okay, everybody with me? You had to be. What? If you were there. Watch. If you ever, if you've got eternal life, he wasn't talking to the sinner. He was talking to people that were born again. If you ever, if you've got eternal life, then it always was eternal life. Well, sure. You had a natural life that was dying. But you had a soul inside of you that was yearning for God. And when God burnt that old nature out, he put what? He put that Genesis 126. Eternal life inside of you. To me, that makes it so simple. And that is the plan of salvation. I was lost, now I'm found. There is no plan of salvation if he always was eternal and all of a sudden you just figured out who you are. That takes away justification, takes away sanctification. See what I mean? But it's very prevalent, so be careful. I just, listen, I just, I don't deny that I was lost. I don't deny that the things I did, God might have been around somewhere, but he had a great big shield up. And he was looking through the blood. He was not looking through his his eyes because they would have been very angry. But he was looking through a shield of blood, knowing that one day he would hear my he'd hear my voice through that blood. He said, "Oh, I knew you would. If I presented to you, I knew you would, because I saw you before the foundation of the world." That's much better than him just picking and going. Now I'll take you. And not you. I'm going to, I've got one for you, but I don't have one for you. Sorry. Uh, and and you're you're getting one whether you want it or not. No, that don't wait the way God is. Now we know Brother Brown taught us that's not what God did. And He didn't put us in a tube and pull us through. Right? That's not predestination. Predestination is predetermined by foreknowledge. He saw what you'd do, therefore He could predestinate. To me, that's very simple. Now look, if you've got eternal life, then it. It, oh, it always was eternal life. Well, you can't make it not. And God, before there was a foundation, world, look, knew that you would be here by what? For? Somebody say it. 
foreknowledge, knowing all things. Now watch. Here's the kicker. And when the word or the water, the washing of water of the word fell upon you. I thought you already had it. When it fell upon you, it was expressed in a being. Now you have fellowship with your father God just as you have with your earthly father. See, you are citizens of the king, not citizens, but you are children, sons and daughters of God, of the living God. Look, if it be that eternal life dwells in you. To me, that's so simple. Ezekiel 36. Now, we've been through this. We'll go through it just for a few minutes. He's talking to Israel. He's telling Israel, I'm bringing you back. All right, I'm going to get a Gentile bride, but I'm bringing you back too. You've been, you've been like, and see, I type my, I look at myself with Israel. Because remember, remember, our first husband was not God. Our first husband was the devil. And he had to die. That we can what? Be reborn through Christ. Now look, O house of Israel. But for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, heathen, wherever you went. That's me. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen. Who's the heathen? Us. Which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you. The only God they're ever going to see is you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen. Now, look, hold on. He's separating now. I'm going to take you from the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. What is our land? Like I said Sunday, our land is not a piece of property. Our land is not a piece of dirt, but it is a piece of dirt. Your dirt. You walked in here with it. You walked in here with your city, your possession. You walked in here with your land today. So I will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. And you shall be clean. Praise God. From all your filthiness and from all your idols. We all had them. Will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. Now here's your journey. Here's justification. He's going to give you a new heart because, man, you had a stony heart. You didn't care about God. You didn't care about nobody. Maybe your own self. And a new spirit. Now, he's going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. Now, that's not the Holy Spirit, but it is part of your journey. Everybody with me? All right, stay awake. And a new spirit will I put, now look, within you. Because remember, when he puts that spirit he's talking about, which is not the Holy Spirit, but it is a spirit from God, and even Brother Brown says, he gives you a new spirit. So that you can what? Live with your own self. That's what he said. All right? And that God can live with you. So what does he do when he gives you a new spirit? Now, in sanctification, how do you get that new spirit? We'll read in just a minute. You're washed by the water of the word. That's why you can be justified and not be sanctified. 
You can be justified. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Come right here. He'll forgive you your sins. That's a promise. But now when you get up and you go out that door, you still got that same guy in you that made you do the things you just got rid of. Thank God for a teaching of the prophet and Brother Dale and, and the brothers we're associated with, all of us. Because I knew then in saying justification, I was, I was just beginning. I was just, I was just right at the place to where God could use me. Or could, could, could you know, wait a minute, God finds you. Not you find God, God found you. Right? You just made yourself available. All right? So I made myself available. But you know what I did? I didn't say, well, bless God, I got it. And y'all didn't see me for another three years, two years. No, I knew then I had to come. I had to sit and let the water wash me. I had to let that thing push that unclean spirit out. Because, well, look, he said, I'll put a, my, a new spirit, not, not the Holy Spirit, a new spirit within you. So when that spirit comes in, Brother George, now them demons, I'm, I ain't talking about yours, I'm talking about mine and everybody else's, they don't go and say, here's a basket of fruit. Thank you for letting me stay at your house. <clears throat> no, he looks at you and he says, I'll be back, buddy. I like this place. This is my house. That's what the Bible says. It says calls it his house. When the unclean spirit goes out, the devil says, I'm going back to my house. I felt comfortable in there. You have made me totally uncomfortable. That's what happens when you're sitting here and you're doing this at church. Some of you. You don't, you don't need discernment when you start hitting somebody's soul. And a lot of times, you got that door. But if you'll sit here long enough, he promised us. He'll give us a new spirit. And that spirit, though, is a Holy Spirit. Now, I said it wasn't, but it is. You understand what I mean? It's not the Holy Spirit to birth you. But it is the Holy Spirit to push. Because remember, can't be two in there at the same time. Devil and God. So you've got to push him out. So, so that spirit's going to come in and push him out. By what? By the Word. By you studying like you didn't study before. Like you come to church like you didn't ever come to church before. All right? Pushes it out, but remember, he don't lock the door yet, because you got some work to do. Unclean spirit goes out. All right, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Why? Because your heart was mad, upset, angry. Angry at you, angry at the world, angry at the preacher, angry at everybody. But I'll give you a heart of flesh. In other words, so I can reach in there and be like the potter. Be like the potter. I can mash that thing down and I can remake the pot. And you know how you make a pot? You make it from the inside out. When you put that thing down on the wheel, you start punching in first and then you pull it up. From the inside out. And you know what it takes? If you watch a potter, it takes water. 
They keep having to throw water. Why? Because they want you wet. They don't want you a dry Christian. They don't want you to sit here and go, that's right. No, wait a minute. Some of y'all would raise your hand, you'd have to go to the, chiro- to the chiropractor to get it put back down. Well, you get happy about other stuff, you might as well get happy about the Lord. I was somewhere the other day, and I'm like, wow! Yeah, wow! Have you ever had a wow moment? And it wasn't when the blue lights were in your rearview mirror. We talked about that Sunday, we won't talk about that no more. <clears throat> but now look... <laughs> So he pushes out the unclean spirit. You start coming to church. Brother Brown said your name goes on the book as a, as, a, as a religious person or a religious order. That's what happened to Judas. Do you know literally there was an unclean spirit pushed out of Judas? Because Brother Brown said Judas was under sanctification. So there was an unclean spirit pushed out. But what happened? He may not have believed who Jesus really was. And the devil came right back in and said, let's get him. Let's get him. So don't let that happen. Don't stay in sanctification so long that you just become religious. Religious. Because when the unclean spirit goes out, I mean, we all know. Some of us clean house better than others, but that's okay. Uh, never has bothered me one way or the other. But but have you ever, you know, you, you put on a clean pair of clothes. You've been out working all day, you know, grease everywhere, and you clean yourself up, wash yourself up, scour up real good, put you on a good set of clothes. Don't you feel better? That's the same way it should be in sanctification. You should feel better. You should feel that there's a load been lifted off of you. You should feel that, that, that Lord, now start working on me. Because he didn't work on you in justification because they were still that unclean spirit there saying, nah, ain't letting you in. But when you started coming to church and you started doing the things of God and you started trying, trying to do better, you're going to fail. Everybody's going to fail because remember those unclean spirits are going to come back. But get up and go again. This, listen, I thank God this is not a one and done thing. I like that person called grace. Now, not greasy grace, but I like grace. Because grace gives you a chance in your fallen condition. So he's going to give you a heart of flesh. In other words, so he can start working on you. And you can start raising your hands. And if you were all old, crusty, old thing and you never smiled and you never got happy and uh, the world was always against you and, and, you know, you hated everybody and everybody hated you. But, boy, when you come under sanctification, I, I'm talking about me. You, you can take your whatever experience you got. It's like, man, this is good. And you know what helped me more than anything? I was in a support group. You're talking about a support group. When you come among believers that have the new birth, that know what you're talking about, and says, I can help you if you need any help, 
To me, that's the greatest thing you'll ever get. I don't know how to... You cannot become a Christian and isolate yourself. You know who isolates you, right? Divide and conquer? The devil divides you from the fold and he will kill you. But now watch. Then he said, I will put... I, who? God. I. I will put my spirit... Now here we go. I will put my spirit within you and cause you. In other words, in sanctification, and I'll just go ahead and say this, and even in justification, a lot of you sisters, you rebelled against not cutting your hair. You rebelled against... I know some of you come in and it was like, I I see that, but some didn't. Some of you still have a problem now. But... um, well, you can get quiet if you want to. I can see it. I'm not stupid. I can see pain on the face, and I can see fingernails, and I can see this and that and the other. You need to stop it or you, well, you've been taught long enough. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. So when you get the new birth, it becomes a joy. It becomes a joy for, for Sister June not to cut her hair. It becomes a joy. For her not to wear pants. It becomes a joy for all of you to be the sisters and the men be the brothers. It's a joy. This should be a joy. That's why I said you should be happy. If you're not happy, that unclean spirit has come back and it is tormenting you and tormenting you and tormenting you. Kick that guy out. By the washing of the water of the Lord. That's why when we get in trouble, don't leave the flock. I don't care if none of them likes you. And you don't like none of them. If that's true, you need to get find another crowd. Right? Brother Boyd struggled a lot. I kind of walked through his journey with him. Right? He struggled a lot. I say a lot. We all have a lot that we struggle with. He struggled with certain things. I struggle with certain things, right? But he persevered. He never left the fold. He never disappeared. And that's okay, Brother George. I'm not, you know I'm talking about you. <laughs> you know I'm talking about you. You know, Brother, I'm, I'm talking about you, buddy. You know that, right? I love you, man. You're back. You're here. But don't leave. Listen, cling on to something. Talk to somebody. I better not. You know, when somebody leaves the church, don't let them just drift out in the ocean. I don't know why this is... Why let them drift? Okay? So I called Brother George. And I'd have kept calling him till he answered, and I'd have found where he lived, and I'd have found him. Why? Because I went after somebody. Amen. You need to go after somebody. Amen. 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 June left the church all them years ago. This church, long time ago, nobody ever called her to see why. Nobody. Hmm? Sister Gail Addison did. I'm sorry, one person. That's not good. That's not good. You say, well, you know, if they, I don't want to get in their business. 
I'm in the business of saving people. I'm in the business of helping people's lives. All right? That's my business. That's what I get. If I get paid, that's what I get paid for. I don't get paid to just make you feel good. If I did, we'd have all kind. We'd have popcorn and we'd do fireworks and we'd make ice cream and all that stuff during service. Kids, calm down. We're not going to do that. But it's not. It's for saving souls. And you start drifting out, guess what's going to happen? The devil's going to get a hold of you. Because I promise you, God's not the one that sent you out there. God said, come here. Come to me, all that are heavy, burdened. Come unto me. Don't leave me. And then he's told us he'd never leave us or forsake us. Just life lesson. Somebody disappears, let's find them. All right? And I will put my spirit. Now, that my spirit is God. All right? That is what Brother Brown was talking about, the eternal life. There's only one form, and that's eternal life, and that emanates from God Almighty. All right? Everybody with me? All right? So now this we know that this is the burner. This is the Holy Ghost and fire that they're talking about when Jesus is telling them, go to the upper room, in other words, till you be endued with power from on high. This is that power. And look, and cause you to love to come to church. Cause you to love to study. Cause you to love to live a good Christian life. Cause you to be a better person, to be a better Christian in front of your employees or employer or different or whatever you want to say. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Look. That didn't say begrudgingly. Or that didn't say I'm going to beat you into doing. You shall keep my judgments and do them. So I like what the preacher said the other day. He said, you do not have to beg a Christian to keep coming to church. You don't. The other ones, you do. But the Christians, you don't. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified by what? Faith. This is all based on faith. That's based on, everything's based on faith. Amen. How many of you saw Jesus die on the cross? How many of you saw him resurrect? Then you got to have it by faith. you got to have this whole thing is based, Brother Brown said, this whole thing is based on faith. Believing that what I'm telling you that a man did 2,000 years ago is the truth. Happened just as sure as we're sitting here today. But you've got to believe it. Because there's a lot of people don't. So therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have what? Access by faith into this grace wherewith we stand. Wherein we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then we... See that water baptism is our next step. Then sanctification, where we were talking about giving a new heart. 
For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Now, look, for this is the will of God. Right? Even your sanctification that you should abstain from fornication. You say, well, I don't do that. Well, that can mean a lot of things. All right? Spiritually and physically. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out. See, that's a new, that's a new thing to you. Everybody listen just for a minute. That's a new thing to you. You, you were comfortable with what you did before you could go buy a six-pack and not have to look around everybody and make sure the cameras didn't get you and nobody you know your neighbor didn't come in right you just didn't go there anymore you didn't even feel comfortable that every one of you should know how to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor their sanctification you know how, by the washing of the war of the word, you know how to overcome. Remember, it's not what you overcome. It's how you overcome the situation. Matthew 12, verse 43 says, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeketh rest, and findeth none. In other words, he's out there where it's dry, and, and, and he's bothered because he can't sit down inside your soul. And he can't find rest. And he said, I will return to my house from whence I came out of. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. He's like, man, there's room in here now. So he goes and gets seven other demons, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation so how are they going to be sanctified john 17 says sanctify them what through thy truth thy word is truth as thou hast sent me into the world even so i have sent them into the world he did not pray brother george that that he'd take us out of the world he prayed that we would be overcomers in the world and for their sakes i sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators. Well, let that sink in. Idolaters. Let that sink in. Adulterers. Effeminate. Look that word up. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Thieves. Covetous. Drunks. Dope smokers, extortioners, hmm, swindlers, shall enter or inherit the kingdom of God. All right, we're done. I'm gonna let that zoom a little bit more. I'm gonna, so we're done. We're finished. That's it. The Apostle Paul had him in his congregation too. He said, and such were some of you. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How powerful is it? That's pretty powerful. There's nothing you can do outside of blaspheming the Holy Ghost that you can't be delivered from. Come on, somebody. And get born again.
Everybody with me? So let's go look for the birth just for a minute. So he said, I'm going to put my spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Matthew 3 verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water. This is John. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I who so shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's not just going to just give you the Holy Ghost. He didn't just put that lick of fire over the top of them, of the 120. That 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 thing just disappeared right inside of them. Right. <clears throat> and it didn't go out. Right. Don't think when it goes inside you, it's supposed to go out. No, it's supposed to burn all that junk out inside of you. And what? Keep burning. Right. Keep you clean. John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I like what Brother Jason Jackson was saying this weekend, which we all go through it. I mean, we read a book and we listen to a tape and we, we just comb through it. Of course, ministers, we comb through it a little more maybe than y'all do because we're looking for something. And then some other preacher gets up and preaches something else at a different angle, at a different subject, and he make, he quotes out of that same book you've been reading for the past two weeks or that same tape that you listened to, and you swear somebody put that in there. But I like what he said, and I believe the same thing. It wasn't your time. So that was withheld from you. You didn't need that to, and don't get me wrong, you didn't need that to convolute all that because you were bringing a subject to you. You were bringing a subject, all right? Everybody with me? But then when when you need that, God just pulls his hand back. Because he says right here, he said, I will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Acts 1 verse 4 says, Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In other words, 11 days later on the day of Pentecost. When they therefore were come together, they asked, said, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? They didn't even understand what he was talking about. And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after. Not realize you always won. Not realize you just seed, this seed woke up inside of you. That's not what he said. He you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is what? Come upon you. It wasn't there. It come upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. That's us, thank God. Acts 2 verse 4 says, They were all what? Filled. Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 19 1, And when he came to pass it while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus to find his certain disciples. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? In other words, he was watching their, their he was sitting in their congregation. <clears throat> and he knew, he knew there was one thing lacking. Being a prophet, he knew they needed the Holy Ghost. He knew they were doing a good job under sanctification. They were teaching and they were doing, but he knew they were not going to go any further till the Holy Ghost came on those people. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That's my question tonight. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed this message? And they said unto him, 
We don't know what you're talking about. We have not read that book yet. We have not listened to that tape yet. We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, how were you baptized? They said, John. John was good. Listen, John was a prophet. But remember, John came to introduce the Messiah, not to give people the Holy Ghost. Paul came in an open door to bring the Gentiles and get the Holy Ghost to them. Right? Amen? Then Paul said, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that you should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, in other words, when they heard this, they're like, whoa, we have never heard this before. But we perceive and believe that something else needs to happen in my life. Even Apollos. Couldn't get a preacher now to agree he didn't have the new birth. There'd be a fight. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. If you continue on down through there, they all got the Holy Ghost and it was a real strong, powerful church. It was 12 of them. All right? Romans 5 verse 5 says, Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad. What? In our hearts. By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Ephesians 4 verse 29 said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of your redemption. All right? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed. And when you're sealed, that demon can't get back in because you got all of God in your soul. That's exactly what happens. That's why the new birth is ill-taught. Because there's still roots of bitterness. There's still wrath. But look, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger clamor, evil speaking. Look, be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgive you. Let me read this in church order. 1958. Brother Brown says, we believe in justification by faith. Romans 5, 1. We believe that after a person being justified by faith, he has peace with the Lord Jesus Christ. But look, but it's possible that that same person could have habits such as drinking, smoking, doing things he shouldn't do, filthy habits of the flesh. All right? So he's teaching us correct. That's justification. Then we believe that the blood of Jesus Christ sanctifies this person for the service of the Lord. Because remember, God won't dwell in an unclean vessel. He won't use an unclean person. All right? So you got to get that unclean spirit out. We believe in sanctification according to Hebrews 13, 12, and 13, where Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. And we believe that sanctification is taught in the New Testament. Now, remember, sanctification couldn't be taught in the Old Testament. There was nothing to sanctify the believer. All right? And meant for the believers through the New Testament age. Which were living are now living. And we also believe that after that person has been sanctified, unclean habits has gone from the person. He is a believer. Now look, sanctification. He is a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ and his habits are gone. We believe that then he is a candidate 
So listen, these are definite steps. That's why I read this quote. These are definite steps that Brother Brown breaks them all apart. And he says, now you're a candidate. Not that you're going to... He said, he didn't say, now you're automatically now going to be born again. He said, you're a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which comes as a filling of the believer. And then when the believers, just as many times he's taught, like we taught it here one time before, you pick up a glass. Well, when, when you pick up a glass, I don't care how dirty it is, if you need a drink of water, you picked it up for a purpose. So God in justification, he picked you up for a purpose. But you was dirty, filthy, had all kind of mud and everything inside of you, but by the washing of the water of the word or putting it in a real good environment of soap and water, it got cleaned up. Then you took that same glass and you poured water in it. Because remember, sanctified is set aside, cleaned and set aside for service. In service is the filling and you drink it. All right? Very simple. So justification is picking it up to use it with a purpose in heart. That's what God does to the sinner. He's still filthy. Everybody understand that? He's still filthy. Then he is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the word sanctify is a compound word which means cleaned and set aside for service, not in service, for service. In the Old Testament, the altar sanctified the vessel and it was set aside for service. He's talking about literal vessels. He ain't talking about people. All right? Now look, we believe that the Holy Spirit is putting that same vessel in service. That's why Brother Brown said you shouldn't preach without having the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be a deacon. You shouldn't have offices without having the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because you are put in service for the Lord now if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All right? Let's read this quote real quick. I think this is... Yeah. Let's read this real quick and then we'll close. Works of Faith Express, 1965. Now, remember, this is after the seals broke. So a lot of people in the message think that Brother Branham changed his way of, the war, of, of getting born again after the seals broke. All right, well, let's read 1965. Now, remember, you're in a cycle of three. But you're one person. Like Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, cycle of three, but one person. Y'all excuse me, but these, you teeth, I keep biting my, keep biting my cheek. I've lost so much weight. I don't feel good chewing on my chewing on my mouth. But one person, look, three attributes of the same God, fatherhood, three offices like fatherhood, sonship, Holy Ghost, and you are body, spirit, and soul. We know that. But now watch. He said, now the outside body has five inlets to it to contact your earthly home. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. That has nothing to do with your spirituality. Zero. Zero. Well, I can see, so I must be a... No, you see because you're a human. And, but listen, your sight and all these things can be misinterpreted. Remember I told you, Jim's got to, to make our, our soap that smells like dirt. Brother George, ain't no dirt in it at all. It's a chemical in a bottle that we drop into the soap that smells just exactly like dirt. But it is not dirt. So you're... It just fools all your sea taste feel smelling here. All right. The inside, which is a spirit, has five senses, conscious, love, and so forth. Let me go through a memory, reason, conscious, affection, and imagination. 
But the inside of that, the soul has one thing. And that's where you live. The spirit can come out here and anoint you to do certain things. Watch this. And you do it. But that don't mean you're saved. Think of it. Caiaphas prophesied. Judas cast out devils. See, the Spirit anointed him. This rain falls on the just and the unjust. The weeds can rejoice with the wheat. But it's what it is at the core. There's where you can, intellectuals can accept and say, oh, sure, that looks good. I believe that. I still don't do it. No, sir. The Spirit can actually make witness of it. And still it isn't so. Because if that soul hasn't come from God, it can make all the impersonations out of here, but it cannot be real. You can act healing. Watch this. You can act like you have. You can act like you receive it. Now watch this. Christians can act like they're Christians. Hmm. Let me read that again. Christians can act like... They're Christians. I'm reading quote. And act and be ever so good at it, but that don't mean they're saved. That's exactly right. See, the spirit can be there. Look, the real, genuine spirit. We're not even getting into anointed ones because we don't have time, but it is next. The Holy Spirit can anoint you. That still don't mean you're saved. It's that inside soul that never dies. It's God eternal life. It always now look, it always was eternal life. What? Eternal life was always eternal life, not your soul. It came from God, it goes to God. It's the soul. What? The soul you have now. Not that you got another soul. It's the soul that's regenerated now. Listen, your soul came from God. It doesn't matter if you're a sinner or a saint. So you had to have not an exchange of your soul or you'd be another person. But God come in and clean the nature of that old, of your soul out and put his nature in. Really simple. Which is, the, what is the nature of God? Eternal life. So let, we'll stop right there. Let's stand on our feet. Come on, musicians. I, like, I love that quote. Christians can act like they're Christian and act like they're ever so good at it. We get to this point in the anointings where many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Look, prophesied. Caiaphas prophesied the truth. And in thy name cast out devils. Judas can say that. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew. Now that word knew is not like me knowing Sister Anna. It's like me knowing Sister June. Like Adam knew his wife Eve. If you look that word up, you'll see that it's a relationship different than just shaking hands and knowing somebody. So depart from me. In other words, I never had an intimate relationship with you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Then he talks about the anointing. We'll talk about that next time. But just pray for the services this coming weekend with Brother Keith. <clears throat> being with us. He's going to be with us till Tuesday. We're going to take him um, to the airport on Tuesday night. He's flying out Wednesday morning to go back to Jamaica. And Brother Aaron will be pre- preaching next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. And then the next weekend, remember, 
Brother Jason Jackson will be here on Saturday at 6 o'clock, and we're expecting a, a pretty good little crowd to come and be uh, with us. And then Sunday morning, one service, regular normal service, all the Bible study, uh, Bible school and all that, <clears throat> Sunday school class. <clears throat> then this weekend, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, come and be with us for prayer service. And then from 6 to 8, <clears throat> we've got some pretty good questions that we need to answer. Um, and uh, we'll have some popcorn and, and something downstairs. So maybe you'll come now, huh? Fireworks, yeah, fireworks too, sorry. I don't know how I got that fireworks part. But anyway, let's sing a song. I am weak, but thou art strong. <coughs> Jesus, keep me from all. sick for two or three days and uh, they really don't know yet what it is but we know who it is it's the devil and we're going to pray that that thing will leave her tonight so that you have a good night's rest Dear Heavenly Father in the name of the Lord Jesus we pray Lord that you will take Lord as this cloth goes in our little sister Lord that that thing will just be driven away from her Lord and that she'll get a good night's rest and so will the parents and the grandparents too Lord we know it affects the whole family so Satan we adjure you in the name of the Lord Jesus to leave that child. Amen. Amen. sing happy birthday to him. So happy birthday, Levi. How old are you now? 14, 12, 12, 18. I've been 18 about four different times, but it's a cycle. Okay, it's a cycle we all get in. So 18 years old. Well, God bless you. We appreciate uh, Levi. We've seen him grow up in this church from a, a, a baby to not a baby. None of him. A baby. His hair's even thick. So let's sing happy birthday to, to Levi. 
Happy birthday to you, oh happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near every day of the year, oh happy birthday to you, oh happy birthday to you, and the best year you've ever had. Oh happy birthday to you, oh happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near and don't drop that car too fast either. Happy birthday to you. first car was a Volkswagen because I wasn't I was about my size but about 50 pounds lighter well not now about 40 pounds lighter <clears throat> I don't know if Levi'd fit in my Volkswagen be tight so they got him a Challenger Charger Challenger a wide one loud I told him the other day he left Anna's he left Anna's, and we heard him all the way to Maysville almost. I said, you have, I said, did you literally, I can't, you know, when I was growing up, yeah, I liked a little loud stuff, but you know what, I don't like a car not loud now, do y'all? Okay, I don't either, but that was loud. But praise the Lord, he got home safe and got back, so may the Lord protect you and be with you and keep you safe and, uh, and keep the cops off of you. So get you a Volkswagen. And just sit in the back seat. Drive from the back seat. We love our youth. They're not young anymore. They're growing older and they're getting in the teens and getting in the twenties and get driving. We love them though. We sure pray for them because the devil the devil don't like them. Oh, he likes them, but he likes them in a way you don't want him to like them. So we praying for you. Pray for you every night. Pray for you all the time. Try to keep that keep that Holy Ghost around them until the Holy Ghost can go in them. And that's up to y'all. Y'all have to find that out for your own self. So we love you with the love of the Lord. <clears throat> God bless you. Let's let's sing um let's sing one let's sing a song. Let's sing um Take the name of Jesus with you, and then we'll be dismissed. Take the name of Jesus with you.